Shut up and sit down. Hello again, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Bookerman podcast. Um, it's been a little while. Uh, I moved house. I uh, was without internet for a while, which was frustrating in this day and age. Um, yeah, it worked. It didn't work. It worked. It didn't work. Lots of engineer visits, lots of uh, pains in my ass. And uh, it appears that I'm now up and running fully. So uh, so I'm able to get the ball rolling once again with, uh, with the Book and Man podcast. So um, in this episode i don't have an interview ready uh, say I've, I've been without internet i've not been able to to do that so i don't have an interview but i did want to get a podcast up there's been so much going on uh, in the world of wrestling um so i just i just wanted to to have a little chat and uh, and get a podcast out get something released uh, and then we'll have some uh, some interviews uh, to come in the next few weeks um so what has been going on so it was wrestlemania uh, which was uh, quite a slog of a week to get through all of that uh, all of that wrestling content. I tried to watch as much of it as I could. Um, some of it I kind of zoned out on a little bit, um, but I watched both of the uh, NXT Takeover nights. Uh, I watched both nights of WrestleMania. Uh, I watched on the NXT UK show. I watched the main event of that with uh, Volta and. Uh, Rampage Brown, which was uh, terrific, and uh, and that was about it really. I didn't watch much of the uh, the Hall of Fame. I didn't watch much of for the the WrestleMania SmackDown uh, or anything like that. So uh, I was just a bit burnt out um, from those. But we'll just run through a few little notes that I made uh, whilst whilst uh, enjoying the week's festivities. Um, I uh, so with with an NXT. Uh, it, it bugs me a little bit with NXT because there's there's lots of talented guys, but I feel like it's lost its way, it's lost its personality, it's lost its. Um, it had a, a certain feel to it uh, before. It was very much the uh, the not renegade as such. It was just the kind of it had a, a, an indie feel to it. Um, it was indie, but it was it had the production of WWE. So it just it just ticks all the boxes for a lot of people. Uh, I feel like there's still elements of that, but now it just it just feels like a a third brand that that I don't know. It just, it just seems to have lost its way a little bit. Um, a couple of notes I, I noted here: Volta against uh, Champa for me was the match of the entire week. I absolutely loved it. Uh, really enjoyed both guys' work. I think it's uh, I think it's really good. The the first night uh, of the Stand and Deliver takeover, um, Kushida was against um, Pete Dunne. Uh, that was it, Pete Dunne. That was a decent opener. Um, I can't really... Pete Dunne's really good. Um, Kushida's really good. I can't see either of them really getting above... much higher than the level that they're at. I can't see either of them being big stars on the main roster. I'm happy to be proved wrong. I just can't see them. I don't think that Pete Dunne is good enough. He's not a good promo. I just think there's something missing with him, even though his matches are very good. And Kushida I really like, but I don't know. I just don't. Maybe I just don't trust 
the WWE system once um, people get to the main roster. But the fact that uh, neither of them have managed to crack top guy status in NXT uh, tells me that they're probably not going to get uh, that far on the main roster. So this seems like the right kind of level for them, um, competing uh, a high level in NXT. North American title, maybe you know that kind of kind of level, but I, don't, I can't see either of them really going above that level, unfortunately. Um, I enjoyed the the gauntlet match to an extent. Um, Bronson Reed won that. I'm really happy that he won that. For me, he's uh, I'm a big fan of his, and I was hoping that he was going to go on tonight to beat Johnny Gargano uh, for the North American title, but that didn't happen, um, which is a shame. The uh, for me Austin Theory with Johnny Gargano. I know. I apologise. This this podcast is going to be a little bit all over the place. I'm just kind of reading from some notes that I made and uh, and kind of going off wherever I feel like it um, and whatever pops into mind. Austin Theory to me um, has a bigger. Um, I think he'll be a bigger star than Johnny Gargano eventually. Uh, I think there's a bigger positive in him. I think there's more chance of him returning to the main roster with the push uh, than there is Gargano ever getting a push on the main roster. I just can't see that happening um, because he's boring, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't like the way. I don't think any of it's particularly good for any of them. Uh, Gargano was tolerable as a babyface and just really dull as a heel so I'm yawning I'm yawning on my own podcast I am tired it has been a long week (laughs) Uh, I'm yawning I'm boring myself I hope I'm not boring you too badly Um, I'm not a fan of Karrion Cross. Uh, a lot of people are I know he's got supporters the entrance the, the whole thing is cool but I don't know I just don't I don't actually think that when crowds come back, I don't think they're going to get behind Karrion Cross on an NXT brand. And I actually think NXT as a brand is, um, I mean, it'll be great when it's back in full sale. That'll be, that'll be good. Um, but <clears throat> I just, think, I, I don't know. I think an actual paying audience is not going to get behind Karrion Cross. Uh, I think he's more suited to the main roster, um, and I think he would, he would thrive in that environment more so than NXT. Um, I don't know. I, I'm personally not a fan of his. Um, I think maybe I don't know. Scarlet's cool with him. I think the package is decent, but I'm just a little bit bored of it already. He's not really done a lot. He's he's been there. He won the title once, got injured, let it go, came back, won the title again both times. Uh, she was a little bit disappointed um, in the in the matches where he won the title. And, and Balor's fantastic, um, and Keith Lee was was fantastic. Who he won it from before, and I think he's actually with Keith Lee. The match was was quite boring and. We've seen Keith Lee have some absolute bangers with uh, with with other big guys, and yeah, it was just a little bit a bit uh, flat for me. The fact that you you know we got an NXT title change and it didn't go on as the main event that pisses me off a little bit. Um, it should have gone on as the main event and uh, not the 
the Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole fiasco that I'll get to in a minute. Um, I've got noted here that uh, women's tag team championships are pointless across all brands. Um, and it's not because I have anything against women's wrestling. I don't at all. Um, it's more so that that what they do with these these titles, they're thrown together tag teams. They're they're an afterthought in a lot of cases, and they're they're just I don't know. They're, they're given to people that they've got nothing else for. Not because these people deserve a, the push. Not because these people are getting a spotlight they put the tag titles on them because they they don't want them to win the main title but you know they want to give them something and everyone's a thrown together tag team for me there's no none that really feel like teams um a lot of you know if you look at tag team wrestling you know there is an element of teams being thrown together i mean the smackdown tag team champions are bobby Roode and dolph ziggler and they were kind of thrown together but in the time they've been together they've become a proper team matching gear matching gimmick you know they just they look and feel like a tag team now and that's great and they're really really good i feel like in the women's division there aren't many that feel like an actual tag team they're kind of just thrown together um <clears throat> shotty blackheart ember moon thrown together tag team they're not they haven't got a tag name i know they don't necessarily need one but uh i don't know i just i just feel like there's not many many tag teams and the on the main roster women's tag titles Shayna and naya have held them forever and, and no one's really that interested the fact that in the lead up to wrestlemania naya and Shayna were featured a lot on television and they were having matches against the champion and challenger in the singles. So they were they had a match against Asuka and Rhea Ripley on Raw, I think. They had two pay-per-view matches against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And it's like, get your own feud. Like, it's, just it's establish. If they'd have took the time to just establish real challenges for the tag titles then there could have been a match at WrestleMania that was worth my time. But it, 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 as it turns out, they did a gauntlet on night one. I know I'm jumping ahead to WrestleMania, but they had a gauntlet on night one with a bunch of teams that were either thrown together or no one cared about. Um, and then the team that won it had been presented as heels for ages. And then they go on to face the heel champions on night two and it's just it makes no sense it makes no sense whatsoever um so so that's uh, that's kind of disappointing um overall with the uh with the women's tag titles i think it's an absolute shame um I, i'm a fan of certain teams i'm a fan, fan of the riot squad I've been a team for a long time um, I would really like Ruby Riot to get a, a singles run and actually get a bit of a push. Um, I think she's she's really underrated. Um, Iconics, man, I, I will get to the releases um, from WWE, but the Iconics were a proper team. Um, they felt like a team. They everything they did was we are a, a, a team, and, and then when they were separated for ages, they didn't really have anything for either of them whilst setting up new teams like they they split up the iconics and then made 
Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke a team, for example. And uh, fair enough, they're you know they're getting matching gear and all this stuff. But Mandy Rose had spent all that time doing the thing with Otis, just to be transferred over to Raw, stuck in a team with Dana Brooke, and then and kind of replacing on the roster the Iconics and the Iconics. Oh, you're again. This is really unprofessional. I don't care. I'm not trying to be professional. I don't make any money from this. I just ramble. And if people listen, they listen. So they can listen to me yawning. <laughs> it's been a long week. Yeah, the the Iconics is such a shame. Uh, for me, they were one of the few tag teams um, that existed on the roster. Um, and I wish that they had, uh, they had stuck around and been given more of an opportunity as a team you know and despite them having a match where they, they if they lose they have to break up they could have put them back together they could have rectified that somehow um but hey ho that's uh, that's life um what else we've got here what else is on nxt uh io shirai and raquel gonzalez uh, i actually feel like it's too soon for gonzalez uh, i don't actually think she's there yet i think io shirai did a good job in this match of making Gonzalez look um, look good, uh, Io Shirai for me is boring. Um, she does some cool shit, but boring. Uh, and I hope I don't watch a lot of NXT. I watch I watch enough of it. I kind of find myself just watching the sort of takeovers and things, and, and anything that anyone highlights to to me to uh, to watch. So. But Io Shirai, for me, the, the rain went on too long and, and got boring. I thought that um, she should have perhaps dropped it to, to someone like Tony Storm. Um, I think that Raquel Gonzalez has been presented as a heel throughout, won the title, and then suddenly is all smiley-smiley with uh, with Bianca and, and Ripley on the, on the NXT that followed, um, followed WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sold. Um, I think maybe there's a story you can tell there with Dakota Kai, um, with her being sort of jealous, maybe because uh, she's good. She, you know, you know I rate her um, highly. But yeah, I, for me, I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that into Raquel Gonzalez as the uh, as the champion. Um, Jordan Devlin, uh, fuck him. Um, he's a dick. Um, yeah. Uh, Santos Escobar I, I'm very high on I'm glad that he beat Jordan Devlin and hopefully Jordan Devlin goes um, away now <laughs> I don't like him uh, anyway uh, we'll move on from that uh, Legado del Fantasma I wish that they'd won the tag titles I think that it would have been a good a good thing Escobar with uh, with his guys with all the gold would have been a good uh, Good picture, and I feel like um, they could have just done MSK against Grizzled Young Veterans rematch for the tag titles. I thought that as they added Legado del Fantasma into this match, I thought that's where maybe the swerve would come and they would they would go over. That wasn't the case. MSK win again, and uh, and yeah, they're they're okay. They're 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 quite good. I think they're entertaining. I'm not a fan of uh, Grizzled Young Veterans. I would have rather that they stayed in NXT UK, although they're more suitable, suited to that. But 
Um, yeah, the tag division seems a bit thin in NXT these days, and it's always been been something of a highlight of uh, of NXT is that they would do proper tag teams and, and have good tag team feuds. And if you look at you know even from as far back as as teams like uh, Ascension, um, Lucha Dragons, uh, you know. There's been te- good teams for a long time. American Alpha, Revival, um, uh, DIY. You know, lots and lots of really good ta- uh, tag teams, and uh, and yeah, it feels a little bit lacking at the moment, which is a shame. I'd like uh, I'd like that to get get some more attention. I'm a massive massive fan of tag team wrestling, so uh, I'd love for them to uh, to give that division a bit of a boost. Um, I've talked about Kushida and Pete Dunn, don't know why that note is there. Uh, Cole against O'Reilly, it was just it was just way too long. Um, yeah, just really, really long. Really long. It could have it could have been halved in time and, and been awesome. But yeah, I got bored. I got bored, I switched off. Um, not literally switched off, but my, my mind wandered, I was scrolling my phone. Uh, yeah, it lost me. Um, so yeah, I think O'Reilly comes out of it. Um, I don't know. I think there I go yawning again. That's how I felt during uh, Cole and O'Reilly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think maybe that um, Cole needs to jump to to Raw or SmackDown. Um, how we'll fare there, I don't know. Um, Interestingly, it looks like Roderick Strong has left NXT. Where he goes, I don't know. I can't really see him getting a, much of a push anywhere else. So, uh, you know, unless uh, unless there's something I don't know, um, I'm not really sure what, uh, what's going to happen there with, uh, with Roddy, uh, Cole and O'Reilly. I'm not sure how long um, Bobby Fish is, is out injured again. Maybe when... Bobby Fish comes back, um, then, then Roddy resumes his tag team because they'd kind of become the tag team because they were pushing O'Reilly. So Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish tag team maybe on the main roster um, would be uh, would be good um, if they actually gave a shit about tag team wrestling on the main roster. <laughs> um, it's a shame that Bala lost. I said earlier, I'm not a massive Karrion Cross fan. I'm not sure where he goes from here at this point because he's been presented as the, the the main man in NXT now for a while. So to kind of slump down the card, I think maybe not the best idea. Uh, perhaps he uh, he moves back to to the main roster. Um, but I don't really want that. I don't really want him to do that if he's just going to be in limbo again, like he was on the main roster before. Uh, maybe something with Volta in NXT UK could be really cool. Um, whether that's too much of a step down for Bala, I don't know. But that might interest him coming over. Big match with Volta for when crowds can come back. That's one hell of a. A main event for a for an NXT UK takeover to try and sell some tickets in the UK once uh, once crowds are allowed back. So I think maybe that's a possibility. Um, 
Okay, uh, WrestleMania. So it kicked off with Bobby Roode. Uh, not Bobby Roode. <laughs> it kicked off with Bobby Lashley and um, and uh, with uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, for me, I never, I've never been a big fan of the the heavyweight championship opening the show. Yeah, not been a fan of that. Um, yeah, it's, it, for me, it's uh, it's just a strange one. For me, it's it, that title feels way too important to be in that spot. I know people say, "Oh, we'll kick it off." You know, hot and you know, and get the crowd going, and it's a big match to open with, and yeah, it is, but yeah, not for me, I, especially when it's two proper heavyweights. I felt like go, going and trying to have a proper good main event match in your opener. If you're gonna do like like Rollins and Brock did, uh, then that works because that was Brock beat the shit out of him, and then. Rollins turned it around, won the title, and it didn't last very long, and it was kind of hot, and uh, and it worked. And we, it wasn't pre-announced either. Heyman just kind of walked to the ring and said, "We're not waiting. We're doing this now." And and that that worked. And uh, but this for me, it fell a bit bit flat. I think it's a shame that uh, that Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander have been uh, removed from the Hurt business. I think that's a really strange decision. I was surprised that that both didn't um, get released. Well, I was expecting their names to pop up. I thought this may have been a kind of um, prelude to uh, to them both getting released, but uh, it turns out they're both sticking around. But they're, they're as the Raw after Mania showed, you know, getting beat by um, the Viking Viking Raiders uh, in their return. They just looked like a, a jobber team, really. So yeah, it's a shame for Shelton and Cedric. Um, but I'm glad that Bobby Lashley retained at WrestleMania. I think that's the right decision. Uh, Drew McIntyre, as good as he is, feels a little bit stale. And I feel like um, they, if he had gone over for the title and won the title again, I feel like... I don't know who he would uh, who would go into a, a program with a, a top main event program. I'm still not sure who he's going to go into a program with. It looks like obviously they're rerunning him and Lashley for a bit, but who's who would be next for for someone like Drew? I don't know. Uh, whereas Lashley's got some interesting options um, that he can uh, he can do because he's not been champion for very long. So um, yeah, he feels like a, a big deal. He feels like he's finally hitting all those notes and the the kind of potential that uh, the potential that, that he's had for so many years and uh, he's kind of now filling that that role of the the top guy and uh, and hope long may it continue because he's he's in, still in ridiculous shape how he's managed to um, stay in as good physical shape as he has into to the age he is is, is, is ridiculous so I swear that man's not human um, uh, what else was on night one we talked about the women's tag team stuff so I'm not really going to drone on about that it was annoying, it was boring uh, Cesaro and Rollins uh, really good um, it's taken too long for Cesaro to get to this moment to having a singles match at Wrestlemania for getting a big win 
Um, I know he's stepped up and he potentially going to run with him and Reigns in a, in a program soon. Um, it's taken too long. And unfortunately, I think it is now too late to elevate him to being like a universal champion. I think he's been middle of the card guy for too long now. Uh, I think he could be settle into that kind of um, spot just below the main event, worthy kind of challenger, always there, always a threat, but maybe not gonna gonna be a, a top guy. So, but him and Reigns is, for me sounds really good, and I think they'll they'll do a very good job of making Cesaro a believable threat to Roman Reigns, and that's a match that I'd be very much looking forward to. Um, Omos and AJ Styles against the New Day. Um, yeah, this this worked for me. Um, Omos didn't do a lot. Um, but that's the best way to hide to sort of inexperience and uh, him being a bit green still, I guess. Um, they hid it well. He came in, did his his shit really good, and AJ Styles. Uh, I think this is a really fun uh, kind of role for him. How long it will last, I don't know. I hope they don't kind of try and turn Omos too soon because uh, these sorts of things always end up with uh, with the big guy kind of doing the turn and um, if that's the case I hope they don't do it too soon and uh, do it do it when Omos is, is ready and uh, and hopefully uh, AJ I don't know I think AJ could still be a value at the top of the card so um but this is fun while it's, while it's lasting. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, women's tag gauntlet. That was shit. Um, what else have we got on here? Uh, Bailey uh, deserved better all weekend. She had a fantastic year last year. And, uh, and yeah, it's a shame that um, all she had was a few little talky segments and then getting thrown down the ramp by the Bellas and no one seemed to give a shit about the Bellas and there was a rumour that um, Becky Lynch was going to be on the show involved involved somehow with uh, with Bailey. so I think when the Bellas came out everyone was a bit disappointed so uh, so they, they booed them but, but fuck the Bellas so uh, it was just a, a misuse of, uh, of Bailey. she deserved better on Wrestlemania weekend for sure um Main event of night one with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It told a great story. Um, Sasha deserves a lot of credit uh, for making Belair a star in this. It was uh, it was phenomenal. Really good. Um, Bianca Belair is someone that, that I like, but I wasn't sold that on her as um, the champion. Perhaps I thought it was maybe a little bit too soon, but... In the, by the end of this, I was just fully, fully invested, fully on board. Um, they did the perfect job of, uh, of establishing Bianca Belair as a top uh, female star, and it was fantastic. One thing that does frustrate me, I don't like the um, that the men have the world championship and the universal championship, and the women have the SmackDown championship and the Raw championship. I feel like it doesn't sound as impressive and it would I think it would be better suited to follow the men's title. So if you have to have so many titles, I mean I, I think that there should be one world champion and, and one women's champion, but at least have it follow suit and be the women's world champion and the women's universal champion. 
um, by naming things the, the Raw and SmackDown, you're basically a TV champion. That's <laughs> um, how it sounds. That's how it comes across. You're the champion of that TV show, uh, and the TV title has never been presented as a uh, as a big deal. So yeah, I think I would rather there be a world championship for the women. So it feels a little bit more feels more important. Um, yeah, that's that's my one sort of take from that. But but Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, um, hats off to the pair of them. Really, really good. Uh, night two opened with the Fiend and Randy Orton, and this was sh- just bad. I mean, they had a terrible WrestleMania match before, and they had a terrible WrestleMania match here. It was all about the Fiend coming back, not burnt. Really strange. Coming back, not burnt. Big Jack in the box. Alexa. Bliss uh, turns on uh, the fiend seemingly, and um, all the fire and the violence ends with a short nothing match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this. Um, I think with the length of this feud, this needed a big time blow off, and it didn't get one. It was a really weird way to open the show, and I actually think that by opening with this and then following it up with a women's tag match that people didn't really care about. I think that's why uh, a lot of people are saying that night one was better than night two. Um, the main event had the feel-good ending of, on night one, and they started the show um, better. So, I don't know, this this lost me. I was already kind of laughing and not in a good way. Um, and I can't believe they went back to using the red light during the match. That's... Uh, that was something I wasn't missing, so I hope they're not keeping that around for the Fiends matches again. Uh, nobody came out of it looking good. Uh, Owens and Zayn was uh, was great. It was really good. Sammy's really entertaining. Uh, Logan Paul can fucking jump off a cliff. Absolute cunt. Um, can't stand that bloke uh, for a few reasons. But yeah, he can fuck off. Um, apart from that, Owens and Zayn was, uh, was really good, and it, it always will be. And following that, Big E and Apollo was really good. Um, they didn't really do anything to make the stipulation unique. There was some drums laying around, but they didn't really use any. Uh, it was just a standard kind of hardcore match or, or like street fight or, or whatever. Um, and that went under seven minutes, which felt too short for... Uh, but it was good. It was action-packed. It just didn't go very long. And, and not... And I'm... I'm uh, kind of, I will say, you know, not matches don't need to go as long as a lot of them do, um, in a lot of cases. But when Owens and Zayn, I think, went went around ten minutes, um, and considering these sort of epic battles they've had in the past, ten minutes is 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 not a lot for them. And and then Biggie and Apollo under seven minutes. It, it, for me, it says a lot about the company when NXT matches can get forty five minutes. Uh, and the Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania goes six minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really strange, uh, and I don't I don't really know why that's the case. We got um, but we we got Commander Aziz out of uh, out of that match, who I think is actually it was Babatunde, and then he became Dabakato, and now he's Commander Aziz. We're not meant to remember that he's anything else, but. I actually think it's a good spot for him. I think that he sort of looks the part, 
with uh, with Apollo, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think that pairing could uh, could work. So uh, so fair play to them, and I think Apollo's finally finding his feet as a uh, yeah finding his feet as a as a as a heel, which is great. Uh, Bad Bunny did well. He was in a tag match with Damien Brest. Sounded really patronising there, didn't I? Bad Bunny did well. Um, he had tag match with uh, Damien Priest teaming up against Miz and Morrison. Um, he did well, but I don't think he should have done as well as he did. That might sound strange, but he did too well. And, and by doing too well as a celebrity that's coming in and is not a wrestler, by doing too well, what you do is you make it seem easy. You make it seem like anyone can do this when it should be like it should be presented as you know maybe if he was in the match he maybe did a couple of little impressive things in there, but for the most part, looks especially in the early going should look like maybe he was in over his head. Um, a couple of little things to surprise people. Big tag to Damian Priest um, to make him look like the star. Um, Bunny can still get the pin, and that's that's fine. But um, but yeah, I think that maybe uh, maybe it should have been a little bit less impressive. And that that sounds bad because you know he clearly respects. Uh, the wrestling business and he's clearly put a lot of work in and I respect that and, I, and I'm thankful to celebrities that come in and really put the put the hours in and, and stuff but I think maybe he looked too he was too good <laughs> and that sounds really weird if they'd have uh, if they'd have maybe shown him training and stuff so you could see that he was actually training for uh, to be in the ring then maybe it would have been a little bit less of a, of a thing for me to pick at. Um, triple Threat main event uh, on night two. I, I absolutely hate Triple Threat matches all being no DQ. Um, the way I see it, if someone gets DQ'd in a Triple Threat match, they should be disqualified from the match and the match should continue with the other two people. Because um, otherwise, there's no reason why you wouldn't just bring... 15 of your mates down to just smash fuck out your two opponents and then win every single time if you want to use no logic then go ahead and use fucking if you're going to make those rules make all of them no DQ but then but then you pick and choose which ones you actually uh, emphasize that in you know they, they don't use that in any of the build to the match if they'd have if they'd have gone through the build of the match talking about how not only is, is Roman Reigns at a disadvantage because he doesn't have to be pinned and, and all that kind of thing, but also it's no DQ. And actually emphasise that in the build-up, then fair enough. But just by, it's, this is a triple threat match, and then on the night, oh, but remember, it's it's triple threat matches are no DQ. It's like, it fucks me off. I think it's stupid. I think it's a silly rule. Um, I thought Brian was in there pointlessly and I'm a big Daniel Bryan fan and I think he's phenomenal and I, I love watching him uh, wrestle but for me this would have been better as Reigns against Edge without Daniel Bryan in there I think Daniel Bryan could have been placed elsewhere uh, on the on the show but in 
this instance, I would have preferred the singles. Uh, singles between Edge and uh, and Roman for me would have been better. Um, I I kind of I kind of booked something kind of similar in my uh, WrestleMania um, in my WrestleMania sort of guessing and, and and what I would book. Book a man books it, and what I would book for WrestleMania. I remember saying something similar about uh, about Edge not winning the title at Wrestlemania um, could then lead to Edge going heel after Wrestlemania but they kind of pulled the trigger on that and I'm not really sure where he now sits uh, is he a heel, is he not a heel is he, uh, is he still in the mix is he, is he going to kind of um, disappear for a bit, I don't know I don't know, uh, Raw after Mania was uh, quickly back to business as usual uh, Wrestlemania Backlash is where we're heading next because Backlash was not uh, an obvious enough title. Um, yeah, uh, slapping that WrestleMania name on on the pay per view is not going to make it better. Uh, Drew and Bobby um, rematch. I think is where they, they're going with that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really that interested in that. Um, I think Drew needs fresh opponents. Maybe somehow switch him to SmackDown, step up to Roman, revisit that program. Um, switch with Edge, maybe. Maybe Edge could come over to Raw, um, mix it up with Bobby. That would be be good with the neck issues uh, playing into the, the Hurt Lock. It might be a cool story to tell there. Um, Edge against AJ. There's, there's a little bit of history there from his return in the Rumble. Um, but Edge and AJ would be would be really good as well. Uh, Edge and Sheamus would be good. You know, there's uh, there's matches for um, for Edge there, and and Drew mixing it up with uh, with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, all of those guys. You freshen up uh, a lot of guys with just that one simple little switch. Um, uh, yeah, potentially Cesaro and Reigns, um, which is tasty as fuck as a feud. To be fair, to be fair, a match between them I think would be an absolute banger. So uh, hopefully they go that way. Maybe they hold off on that for a little while because they like doing rematches. So maybe we get another Rollins Cesaro match. Although I don't think we need it. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe that's the way we uh, we go. Anyway, uh, releases. So a lot of people have been released from WWE is kind of the big news uh, Samoa Joe is one um, uh, rumour is that WWE wouldn't clear him uh, he wants to wrestle they weren't going to keep him around to wrestle so they've released him if it means that Joe you know if he can get if he gets cleared uh, and is you know healthy enough and he's not doing himself any risks by getting into the ring and it means you know him being in there. Uh, then I'm happy with it, and uh, and it'd be good to see Joe back doing uh, doing his thing. I'd love to see him go um, to NWA against Aldis, as they've got history, or or Smojo rocking up and and going against Jacob Fatu in MLW would be absolutely epic. But let's be honest, he'll probably just end up going to AEW, so I'll probably won't even watch it. Uh, um, yeah, I'll probably end up going there like most people do. Uh, Iconics, I mentioned earlier, 
is a shame. Uh, better off as a tag team and doomed when they split up, to be honest. Um, Peyton Royce, I believe, uh, there's a sort of theme. A lot of people seem to think that all these people that have been released will just go wherever their partners are, which seems, uh, you know, you seem, I can see the logic. But I hope maybe that's not the case. Peyton Royce, I believe, is with Sean Spears in real life, uh, outside the ring. So she would possibly end up in AEW um, with him. But they don't ha- I'd, I'd like them to reform Iconics. And AEW don't have a women's tag division, really. So I'd actually prefer that they went to Impact, where they can compete in a proper tag team division. Impact is, is pretty good, and I think that would be a good fit for them. Um, also released, Chelsea Green was released, um, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, she'll go back to Impact, because uh, her other half is, is Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona. Um, but I actually think AEW would be a better move for her, as it's a new environment, new opponents, and she's she's a lot she's better than a lot of what they've got there in the women's division. So I think she'd do really well there. Uh, another one that sort of links with uh, with their partners and Mickey James getting released. Um, so she'll likely end up in the NWA with Nick Aldis, and I think that would be a really good fit. I think she'd do really well. I'm not sure how long she's planning on staying in the ring. But a nice run with the uh, NWA women's title. Her and Thunder Rosa would be really good. Her and Serena Deeb, who's the current champion, would be really good. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's really interesting. But she could go anywhere, um, to be honest. Uh, also, uh, it's believed that she would send her belongings in a uh, in a carrier, like a plastic bag or like a bin bag uh, from WWE. So someone got fired over that. So that's uh, good because that's pretty uh, pretty disrespectful for for them to just chuck her stuff in a bin bag. So, <laughs> um, but that's been uh, kind of doing the rounds as, as news as well. Uh, who else was released? Uh, let's have a look. Kalisto. Um, I'm not surprised he was let go. Because uh, he's not really been doing anything for a while. But I'm surprised that they couldn't find something to do with him. Because I actually thought he was really good. Yeah, they tried pushing him on a few occasions. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what the holdup was in pushing him. He kind of... It was strange. He kind of seemed to lose his push. Or you lose getting used at all when Mysterio came back into the company. Maybe that's a kind of conscious thing because they're both a kind of short, um, cool mask, um, wears the kind of contacts in and stuff. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I could be reading too much into that. But yeah, I liked Kalisto. He, he, he fucked up a lot, <laughs> but he's uh, he's really good. So I, I hope he lands somewhere that I actually watch because <laughs> I, I like him. Um, Bo Dallas, uh, not a shock. Even though he's related to Bray Wyatt, um, it's not a shock that he was let go. Uh, I read that his last televised match was Crown Jewel in 2019, so it's hardly a surprise if he's just been uh, turning up and eating the catering and going home. No surprise. 
yeah, no surprise whatsoever there. Uh, Wesley Blake was let go. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about that. It's a shame it wasn't uh, Riker that was let go in his place. Let's just leave that there. Uh, Tucker from Heavy Machinery, or used to be Heavy Machinery. Um, let's face it, as a singles guy, I've eaten rice cakes that were uh, that were more interesting. There was nowhere for him to go. No one cared when he turned heel. No one wanted to see anything from him. Uh, yeah, that tag team was basically just to highlight Otis, and it did that. And yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, I feel bad for him because they were brought up as a tag team and, and they could have kept them together considering now Otis is just in another tag team. And let's face it, Chad Gable is nice that he's getting used at all, but he should be doing something. Chad Gable should be doing something uh, above above that, to be honest. So, uh, Chad Gable's really fucking good. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the releases, there's uh, a few that are a little bit surprising, some of them not so much. Uh, it used to be the thing every year, the, the spring cleaning, they used to refer to it as, and they'd, they'd do a bunch of releases, so it's hardly surprising. Um, I remember it used to happen quite a lot, and now everyone's up in arms all the time, and it's like, well, they sign people so much, they sign so much talent, that there's only so many spots, and and you can't keep people forever, and if you don't have plans for them, then it's a business. You have to let them go. And yeah, it's a bit shit that they'll talk about. It's a cost-cutting measure. It's not a cost-cutting measure. They don't see uh, anything. It's not they don't see anything in them, but they don't have anything there for them. And, you know, they're just going to fall further and further into obscurity. So they might as well get let go. Some of them will go on to be successful elsewhere and others will go into other lines of work or or you know whatever. But you can't just keep people around forever. You know, every month or so you see, oh this is the next batch of um performance center signings. Ooh. You can't it's you can't just keep bringing people to the performance center and then they come up to NXT and then all the people from NXT go up to the main roster but then never release anyone because the roster just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bloated and bloated and bloated and you end up with a show like AEW Dynamite where you have to put everyone in factions just because you've got to get everybody on fucking TV anyway um, MLW continues to be really good um, I still watch that every single week uh, they've just announced a new TV deal with Vice, which is the channel in America that's, uh, that's made the Dark Side of the Ring uh, documentaries, which have been absolutely superb. If you haven't seen them, then you should be uh, watching those. Uh, yes, MLW signed with Vice, so that should be really good for them. Um, NWA came back. They've been, for me, struggling. Uh, outside of Nick Aldis, they've got no real draw there. Um bringing in someone like a Samoa Joe or an Andrade which has been teased on Twitter and stuff would boost their interest uh, I feel like they need to take the belt off of Aldis um, even though he's really good and I rate him highly and he kind of in the modern day you associate him with that belt I feel like they need to freshen things up a little bit by by moving on to someone else and uh, 
and stuff. Like the minute the main sort of feud is him and Trevor Murdoch, and Trevor Murdoch has never been a top guy. And I'm a big fan of Trevor Murdoch, but you're not gonna sell pay per views and sell people on Trevor Murdoch, the main eventer in 2021 it's just not going to happen and again I'm a big fan of his but um, there's a definite ceiling on on Trevor Murdoch um, Impact Rebellion is uh, is tomorrow night I'm recording this on, on, uh, on Saturday um, yeah, I'm recording this on Saturday the 24th so yeah I think it is tomorrow night with uh, Kenny Omega challenging um, Rich Swan. Or it's title for title, so I think um, I actually think that this match would be more interesting if it was just Omega challenging for the Impact title. By making it title for title, you're telling people there's no chance Rich One's going to win because he hasn't. I would have liked, you know, this is supposedly a working arrangement. So why couldn't? Rich Swan, and if he did and I missed it, then then tell me off. But why couldn't Rich Swan have turned up on on Dynamite um, just once, just this this week, just to kind of make it look like he's on the level, make it look like uh, there's a chance he might win. Uh, I think this is Omega goes over, wins the title, and starts strutting around with with more championships. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't like the arrangement with AEW and Impact. Um, I thought Impact was better before that arrangement for a number of reasons. Um, before I go into those, uh, they're, they're getting Mauro Ranallo doing the commentary for Omega against Swan uh, tomorrow night on their pay-per-view just for that main event, which for me gives me another reason not to fucking watch it. Um, I don't like Kenny Omega and I fucking cannot stand Mauro Ronaldo. He made NXT practically unbearable, more so than Wade Barrett does now. And uh, and yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I might, I might try and watch it, but to be honest, that match for me, um, I think is a, a bit of a foregone conclusion, which is a, a shame. Because for me... Uh, like I said, Impact was was doing well, and I was enjoying it. And then I still do enjoy it, but the AEW stuff um, I don't like. And Moose had been built up superbly to win that title, um, and it was put off. It's been put off now to facilitate the Kenny Omega stuff. Moose had been built up and built up and built up, and he went title for title with the TNA title and the Impact title. Uh, against uh, Rich Swan, and for me, if the stuff with AEW wasn't happening, that would have been where Moose would have won the title and been the top guy in the company. But they, because they're going to put the belt on Kenny Omega, they've uh, they've they've held off on Moose. And yeah, I, and I don't I don't think that's a, that's a good thing. So I thought it, well, that was built up superbly. Um, AW itself is, is a mess to me. Um, there's like a thousand factions, and uh, yeah, it's just messy. I, I'll seek out certain things if someone says, "Oh yeah, you should see this match" or or whatever. That's that's fair enough. But I, I really struggle with uh, with watching uh, AEW most of the time. One thing that <laughs> that uh, uh, I, I I realized was uh, people talk about Sting and, and how old he is. Um, 
Well, the uh, at WrestleMania 17, they had a, a match there, the Gimmick Battle Royal. And the story goes that the Iron Sheik won that because he was too old to get thrown over the top rope to the floor. So they had to have him win it. In that match, the Iron Sheik was too old to do anything. And in that match, the Iron Sheik at that time was six years younger than Sting is currently. So go back and watch the Iron Sheik in that match and think to yourself, he is six years younger than Sting is now. Depressing, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that pretty much brings us uh, up to date with the, with the wrestling world as such. Um, I've waffled on and yawned my way through uh, talking about all of that. There's some stuff to look forward to. Um but there's yeah, there's a lot of repeated stories or continuing stories that didn't really need continuing on the WWE side. Um, but we shall see. If we get Reigns against Cesaro, then everybody's happy. Uh, outside of uh, of WWE and the, and the top the top companies, um, but I can talk a little bit about DOA because finally we've got some stuff happening. Um, we've actually we've announced. Our comeback show, which is August the 7th at the Drill House in Great Yarmouth, which is just uh, my favourite venue that we've we've ever been at. Um, we absolutely love it there. Um, the, the people there are, are really nice and, uh, and it's such a great atmosphere uh, in that venue. So really looking forward to that. We wouldn't be coming back at any other venue. Uh, really looking forward to being back there. And it is Beach Ball Mania 3. Uh, Beach Ball Mania 1 was uh, was a lot of fun uh, lots of uh, lots and lots of fun that was uh, Chesterton Sports Centre in Cambridge uh, was a, was a lot of fun with uh, with Peter Nixon in the main event against Damien and we had the beach party death match with Addy Starr and Tim Lee uh, and it was just a whole load of good times uh, we at Beach Ball Mania 2 was uh, was again really really fun um, you know, we had Kip Sabian's last independent match in the UK against Peter Nixon. Uh, it was <laughs> Brad Slayer and Damien in the main event um, with uh, with the the duel with the blow up uh, palm trees. Really good fun, really good stuff, um, a really good time, and. Um, and Beach Ball Mania 3 will be no different. If anything, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be better, it's going to be a whole lot more fun. We, I, I know what we've got lined up for that show. Uh, a lot of those matches are still to be revealed, but I've, I know the lineup. Obviously, I'm the Booker Man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic lineup. Tickets are already on sale from Ringside World. And... Uh, and I urge everybody to to move on those because we intend on selling that place out, packing it out, and uh, and having uh, and just just being able to be in that building, um, putting on a show for our fans. Uh, I cannot wait. We've missed all of them. Um, some more than others. I'm joking. Uh, we've we've missed all of you, um, DIY wrestling fans, and uh, we can't wait to to put that show on. Uh, in terms of things you're going to see on there, um, I can tell you that uh, all of the, the DOA championships will be defended on that night. 
So uh, Winston will make his first defence of the DOA UK Heavyweight Championship. Dexter, the longest reigning Adrenaline Division Champion in history, will defend that championship. Uh, he's been making some noise on Twitter. We know the match that he wants is against uh, the host of the show, Peter Nixon, but uh, but we haven't heard from uh, from Peter regarding that, so we don't know if uh, if if he's uh, if he's going to respond to that uh, to that challenge. We shall see. Uh, the Rebellion, my guys, uh, they're going to be in action defending the DOA Tag Team Championships and Madison Miles, the most dominant women's champion in DOA history, will be defending the women's championship. And there's going to be a little bit something new. So we announced on social media, or should I say Peter Nixon announced, um, that we will see the first ever Pandemonium champion crowned at Beach Ball Mania 3 with the first ever Beach Party Invitational Battle Royale. Uh, and this really is open to anybody uh, that wants to come in and compete for that championship. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of crazy fun um, with some surprises in there as well. And we will crown the first Pandemonium champion in DOA. Uh, I really can't wait for that. It's going to be, uh, I keep saying it, it's going to be lots and lots of fun indeed. Um, so yeah, there's there's also going to be some uh, uh, there's going to be some exciting news regarding uh, our return to Ipswich uh, coming up very soon. There's also going to be uh, a return to Bury St Edmunds, which we've teased online as well. Um, so that's going to be announced very soon, and we will be returning to our um, original hometown of March as well so we're going to be uh, bringing you lots of DOA wrestling action in the uh, second half of 2021 and a an even bigger announcement is going to be coming to social media about where you can watch DOA wrestling uh, in the future um, keep your eyes peeled to social media for that um, because um, we're really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. We're working really hard to put something together that's uh, that's really gonna gonna elevate DOA wrestling this year, and uh, I want everybody along for the ride because it's uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really exciting. Uh, we're going big. They say go big or go home. We're going big. Um, because we've been stuck at home for too long. So we've done that at home, now we're going big. Uh, we really can't wait uh, to get the ball rolling. Uh, so yeah, August 7th is when you can see DOA Wrestling back in action, and that's gonna be um, at the Drill House in Great Yarmouth. Tickets are already on sale um, on Ringside World, but check out all of our social media, at DOA Wrestling UK on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, doa underscore wrestling underscore uk on instagram i believe and uh, facebook.com uh, forward slash doa wrestling uh, those are the social media uh, but also all the information ticket links um, merchandise available from on the gear.co.uk and check out doa wrestling .co.uk forgot the website then uh, as well for updates on the upcoming shows uh, but for this episode of me rambling and waffling on 
Um, I'm the Booker Man, Alec Burnett, and I will see you next time with uh, with some interviews and also a challenge that's been laid out for me to fantasy book. Uh, Booker Man will book it uh, to rebook WrestleMania 15. Um, I was informed. I wasn't really watching around that uh, that time. I was more of a WCW man at, at that time. Um, but I've been reliably informed um, that it's widely regarded as a bit of a disappointing WrestleMania. So, uh, so I'm going to look into that, and I'm going to be um, bringing you how I would have booked WrestleMania 15 next time on the Booker Man podcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's great to be uh, to be back bringing this podcast to you and I promise I won't keep you waiting as long as I did this time thank you very much for tuning in and uh and yeah take care stay safe